0: Joseph Stanley here with uh, Rooted 2-7, a podcast ministry of Red House Baptist Church. And uh, we are glad that you decided to listen in today. Uh, this is our first podcast, and I uh, just want to give you a brief reason why we chose the name Rooted 2-7. It kind of gets to the meaning and the purpose of the podcast. Colossians 2.7, it says, being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. So our desire is for you to be rooted in Jesus Christ and for you to be building your life up on Him and for you to become more established in the faith. And uh, how do we accomplish that? How do we accomplish being rooted and built up faith. That was our goal when we started uh, thinking about doing this podcast. And we thought about different ideas, and really we want to be biblically centered. Uh, We want to be focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And uh, we want to make sure we're being uh, theologically sound, meaning we want to teach what the Bible teaches. We want to teach the truth and make sure it aligns up with what the Bible says. And we want to help you understand uh, the truth as well, because oftentimes we know what we believe, but we're not really sure why we believe it. So we want to help you understand what you believe and why you believe it. And also we want to be an encouragement to you uh, so that you may learn things in this podcast and as we go about through different weeks that may be able to apply to your life and maybe an encouragement and a help to you. Well, I am excited uh, for today because we are joined by a special guest, uh, Brother Sebastian from Colombia. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and I know he's a minister down there, he pastors a church in Colombia, but you can tell us a little bit more about your church there and your ministry in Colombia.
1: Sure, well, uh, in first place, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm very honored to uh, be here. I'm Sebastian uh, Jurado. I am uh, one of three siblings, and um, I'm from Colombia. I got my bachelor's degree on theology in Central America, Honduras, where I became a a theologian uh, back in December of 2017. And since then, I've been working uh, in a church back in my home country. And uh, I've been serving for three years so far. I'm the main pastor of a church back in my, my city. So I'm more than honored to be here.
0: Tell us a little bit about your testimony. Did you uh, always grow up going to church? Did you grow up having an understanding of the Christian faith? Or was it there was a when was the moment yeah. that you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior?
1: I was raised in a Catholic family, okay. but it was the kind of Catholic family that never went to Mass, really. They were just Catholic because of the culture of my country. So I was not really religiously active throughout my childhood. Then, when I uh, was in high school, Uh, a group of friends invited me to a youth group in a a Christian church. So I just said yes because I was taking some philosophical classes back in high school and the teacher was making us think about, you know, God and eternity. So I was just kind of seeking in this season of life. So I accepted to go to explore and to see what that youth group could offer to the questions I was doing, you know. So I uh, accepted and uh, that church uh, had a wonderful youth leader. I started to believe in Christ in that uh, church, but then I wanted to do more research on, my, like on myself. I wanted to uh, take Bible curses on myself. My dad always taught me to uh, study by myself. We have a saying in Spanish that is like, um, you should never uh, swallow the whole thing, but you need, need to chew carefully Mm -hmm. and process what you're learning. So I just went to Google and I got enrolled in in a random website. I did a couple of Bible curses and I liked them so much that I wanted to contact the owner of the website. And that's how I didn't know, but the owner was from the Church of of Christ. So I told him, hey, I know you're a missionary because actually he's from the States. But he's a Hispanic missionary, so I sent him an email asking information about this church, and um, he gave me a phone number, and that's how I got connected to the church where I now serve. Okay, cool. Yes.
0: So uh, as you began to study, you got more interested in the Bible and oh, more yes. interested in the faith. I know personally for me, I grew up going to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't until I was 15 that I actually started to read the Bible for myself. I wanted to know what I believed and why I believed it. And the more I read it, the more I realized that I was really lost and I wasn't really a Christian. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until uh, one morning I woke up and I realized God was telling me in my heart, mm-hmm. hey, you're not really a Christian.
2: Yes.
0: So it was at that moment that I got saved. And then from then on, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to study more. I would just listen to sermons online, listen to anything I could so you could get yeah. more information and uh, to help you you know, grow and, and, and know what you believe, because I think a lot of times uh, we're a little ignorant of what we believe, we don't know. Yes. But it's good when you get more grounded and you take courses and you take classes and it helps you become more grounded in the faith. Yes. Uh, so you're married uh, to Abigail?
1: Yes, Abigail. So uh, a time after when I um, met this church, um, I also met the missionaries that planted the church. And uh, it turns out that um, they were missionaries who graduated from this um, university mm-hmm. in Central America. I'm from, like, I'm from South America. So as soon as I knew about this Bible um, Institute, I asked them, OK, like, what do I have to do if I want to go and study there? And they were like, no, it's free. You just need to, like, fill out some requirements. And so with the years, I went to study uh, from South America so, uh, to Central America. And when I was in my second year in Honduras, uh, that's when I met Abigail. Because in those years, she was working with a nonprofit. Um, they would make prosthetics for poor amputee people, okay. like poor amputees. Uh-huh. And so she would travel to Honduras four times per year, and they would stay in the campus where I was studying. So uh, I got to meet them, meet them there. I met her uh, in the very first night she spent in the, um, in the institution. At first we're not really interested, but as the time passing, mm-hmm. um, we got closer and closer and we like fell in love. So we met in the mission field and, um, years after we got married. Yeah.
0: And is Abigail interested in ministry work as well and working yeah. alongside you?
1: Yes. I met her as she was doing missions. With okay. The, awesome. Nonprofit, So now we're, uh, serving together, uh, in South America.
0: I think it's pretty awesome how God uh, works things out, how he can bring
1: Abigail to you
0: and and you be at the same location, how the providence of God brings people together that uh, you would never imagine that would happen, but the way God works is always amazing in how he works and brings people together and brings me and you in contact right now that through Shama, who's from Haiti, it's like how God works uh, things out. It's always amazing. to me personally. So tell us a little bit about Colombia. Uh, what is the main religion there? What is the mm-hmm. what is life like there?
1: Okay, so historically, Colombia is a Catholic country. Of course, now they have this... Um, non-religious. Non-religious religion. country, yeah. I would say. So, yeah, they are not officially linked uh, to the Catholic Church, but, but by history and, and culture and tradition, it's a Catholic country. Okay. But I'm working uh, with a Christian church. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to uh, take people out of the culture and to dig deeper in the Bible. Because as you were saying, when we open the Bible personally and we take the time to actually read and let God speak to our hearts, we realize that it doesn't matter how culturally Catholic a country is. As soon as you go straight to the Bible and listen to God's voice, He's calling. It's like get out of there, mm-hmm. and let me show you what I really want to do with you in this place.
0: You shine the, the truth onto the darkness. Yes. It kind of exposes, like, hey, wait a minute, something's not right here. Yeah. But uh, even though here in America, in Kentucky, particularly where I'm from, uh, Catholicism isn't as dominant, but Christianity is is primarily what most people are. would say they are Christians, mm-hmm. and like myself, before I was saved, I would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian just because in our culture. Yeah. Everyone is a Christian. Everyone says they're saved. But that doesn't mean everyone necessarily really is a Christian. and really, yeah. it's, a, it's a culture thing, even in America, where people just go along with it, because that's what everybody does. That's what their parents do. That's what their family says they're Christians. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes I've come to realize that the Christianity kind of supersedes culture. Yeah. And, it's, and it's something that's for the entire world. is not just I'm being a Christian because that's what everybody else did. Yeah.
1: I mean, if we are raised in a a Christian culture, let's say, Mm -hmm. because that's uh, debatable. Like, is there such thing as a Christian culture? Or is there, uh, we should say, a Christian people? Mm -hmm. So that's a whole debate. But uh, it's good if we are raised in a culture um, which values are similar to the values of the kingdom. But always, like every single time, we can only say we're Christians if we, if we make an individual decision. We cannot be Christians by culture. We need to make the decision. We need to have a personal encounter with Jesus. So, yeah, uh, there, you can have a country that is uh, traditionally Christian, but not many Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. Yeah. Because it, it takes a personal relationship. Yeah where God, you're one-on-one with God and God, you're putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and that divide, that sin that separated you is now Jesus bridged the gap for you individually. It's not just this whole people say, yeah, we're all Christians. It's yeah. focusing on the uh, one person. So how's challenges been in Colombia during uh, COVID-19? What's, what's been different down there?
1: Yeah, so it's very similar to what's happening here. Um, everything shut down. Everyone in their houses, Um, me having to do virtual ministry, so uh, uh, virtual services on Sundays, virtual meetings uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the week. We had something very powerful. We decided to do uh, a 21 days prayer uh, chain, if you can say that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We decided to, like we commit to connect um, in a Zoom meeting every single night for 21 days to pray and uh, most of the members of the church uh like committed to this 21 days challenge and we uh well every single evening at 7 p.m. um in Zoom in the Zoom meeting uh, praying for the the situation our lives the lack of employment how the economy is dropping in Colombia and uh something really powerful happened um after the the, the 21 days when we finally completed the, the the challenge. We realized we did not want to stop doing it. Like, hey, we are shut down in, like in our houses. Mm-hmm. We don't have much else to do. So we are already uh, accustomed to connect uh, with each other virtually like every single night. So we just kept doing it. awesome.: And so far, it's been like like three we- like three months mm-hmm. with nonstop like every single evening. Of course, we don't have them all every evening, but most of them are every single night spending 40 minutes together to pray and just uh, catch up. It
0: reminds me in uh, Acts 2, the early church, they were in constant communication with each other daily. It wasn't just seeing each other on a Sunday, but they were communicating and uh, sharing with one another, praying with one another, and then communing with one another each and every day. So it kind of reminds me of what the early church was like in Acts 2 when you just mentioned that.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: But I want to transition to the topic today because, uh, you know, I had asked you yesterday evening if there's any something particular that you're interested in, mm-hmm. something that you feel like was on your heart that you would like to discuss. And I know you had mentioned uh, talking about paths through which we can find Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, especially in, in difficult times. So yes. kind of kick us off. Tell us what, what your thoughts is on that, and uh, we'll kind of get through the discussion.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I choose um, this topic because um, often we don't know really how to encounter Jesus. You know, we're talking about how the culture might seem that it's Christian, but how hard it can be to actually have a personal encounter and relationship with Jesus. So since the podcast is about knowing why we believe, what a better start than talking how can we actually have that encounter mm-hmm. with Jesus? So that's what I, I have in my, in my heart I uh, thought about this topic, and I think um, it's a good thing to talk about because we might, like, it might surprise us. Yeah. So, I
0: know you had mentioned it, we look at different locations that Jesus frequented in the Bible. Yes. Like, could look at the life of Jesus uh, yes. in the Gospels, and it kind of teaches us lessons on paths to Jesus. Like uh, I know particularly you had mentioned in the desert. Could you mind? A-
1: yeah, sure. So, for example, um, as you were saying, um, some people try to find Jesus' presence, but they don't go to the Gospels to see where Jesus uh, used, like used to be or used to go. So it's a simple thought, yet not many people uh, like it, you know. Uh, if we want to encounter Jesus personally, then we have to go to the Gospels and see where are the places that he frequently visited. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we need to find places in our lives right here, places that remind us, of the places he used to go in order to to find him so for example number one we were talking about going to desert places Mm -hmm. because when we read the gospels it turns out that jesus usually uh went to the desert to be with his father we find this in luke chapter five you can those who are listening to us you can uh look up the bible verse when the bible actually says in the verse uh 16 That yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. So, this is not something Jesus did just from time to time, but he was constantly going to the desert to find the presence of the Father. So, we can like continue with that idea. And if, if I want to encounter Jesus, I need to go to desert places in my life. Maybe we cannot access a little desert, but. I think places like isolation where we're alone. Exactly. Even
0: sometimes if you think about during this whole COVID-19 and quarantine, Mm -hmm. some people have felt alone. You know, they've been in their houses alone. They can't contact loved ones. They can't be in communication like they used to be. I mean, you can Mm -hmm. be on FaceTime or Zoom, but you can't be with one another. Uh, And it's different. But sometimes that time of isolation, like you said, a desert where we're in a dry place, we're in a place where it's not very comfortable and we're alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I notice a lot of times when I have to go off and be alone sometimes just to pray. You have to mm-hmm. get the silence. You have mm-hmm. to yes. cut out all the noise. And I just have to lay my Bible before me, look mm-hmm. at a Psalms and pray that Psalms. And then I feel like I can get a connection to God. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just yes. listening to all the noise around me and I'm constantly wanting, it's good to be around people. It's good to have fellowship. Yes. But sometimes it's good just to get alone with God. Would you Would you agree with that? Completely. So
1: something I'm very sad about is that now people are shut down in their houses. That's a great opportunity to find Jesus mm-hmm. because you are by yourself. But instead, what people are doing is they keep themselves distracted. They, like, it seems like before the quarantine, we were so busy that we forgot how to be with ourselves and what to do with ourselves. So now that we are so isolated, we don't know what to do with our own presence. So we need to keep our minds and spirits just occupied with whatever. Social media, the media, um, just whatever. And I have a very interesting thought here, and is that some studies suggest that the amount of information we are uh, bombarded with in one day, it's uh, comparable to the amount of information that one person could access in his whole life in the Middle Ages. Like think oh. about that. In one single day, we can access to the same amount of information that back in the Middle Ages, a person could find or access in the whole life. So we are extremely uh, bombarded is the mm-hmm. word? Yeah, but, uh, bombarded by so much information that we need to step back and learn how to deal with our own thoughts voids and
0: concerns i notice a lot of times people are alone and they and they feel alone but they're constantly looking to social media for some type of interaction they're on instagram facebook snapchat and those things are good within a certain moderation in appropriate yeah, times sure. but when we're looking to those and sometimes i've gotten in the habit of myself as soon as you pick up your phone you click on one of the social medias Yeah. and sometimes it would be better if we just stop and pray in that moment we're by ourselves, or we stop and think about something in the Bible and let that thought consume our minds. Because yes. oftentimes when we're, we're looking at the media, we'll read something and it can get us to be anxiety, fearful, yeah. afraid. And instead, like you said, if we'd be like Jesus, go to the desert for a moment, mm-hmm. meet with God, it might help us to have more strength and courage just to go yes. on.
1: No distractions, no uh, stimulations, not uh, entertainment, just you away from all um, stimulation mm-hmm. and spend time with yourself and seeking the presence of Jesus. I think if we do that, we can find him.
0: Yeah, yeah I think that's a great idea. What mm-hmm. would be, I know you had mentioned serving others, serving the broken. Yes. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so it's like following the same idea. If, if we want to find Jesus, then let's go to the places where he used to be. So another thing he did very frequently was serving the suffering. So this might sound odd because we are accustomed to be taught that to find the Lord, we need to be by ourselves. And we have been taught that the Lord is found, is found only in the quiet. Mm-hmm. But actually, if Jesus was, were here right now in the States, then if I want to be with him, I would have to go to the suffering people. Because he used to help the poor, the widow, the sick, the blind, the deaf. Yeah, we can actually access the presence of Jesus through serving those who Jesus used to serve. And Jesus, like he himself said, uh, whoever who serves one of these little of of mine, like those who are in jail or Mm -hmm. those who are hungry, the the widow, then uh, is serving me. Yeah. So it's no mystery. It's in the Bible. We can find Jesus through serving the needy.
0: Yeah, I noticed that now during COVID-19, I haven't been able to because... They cut off access, but I used to be really involved in our uh, nursing home ministry here mm-hmm. at our church where we go to uh, nursing homes, retirement communities, mm. and uh, preach and sing and, and just share the Bible with them. And a lot of the folks there, they some of them have Alzheimer's, some of them are sick, some of them have various diseases and illnesses. Yes. And But you can tell when you're there and we're singing an ode hymn or you're reading the Bible about Jesus that their faces just light up. And you can see that I see their testimony just through the joy that it brings them just to talk about the Lord, just to talk yes. about salvation, that it really just changes them and strengthens them and helps them. Yes. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you think when you're serving the needy, you're serving the broken, you're serving the hurting. Oftentimes we want, we want some type of reward immediately. Yes. We want something, well, look what I'm doing, Lord. Aren't you going to help me? But I think it's in those moments that we're serving others that it helps to humble us, yes. that we can, we can become more like Christ, mm-hmm. that we're not just focused on ourselves or what we're getting out of it, but we're saying, hey, if Jesus served the broken, I'm going to do that too. And like you said, if that's where he frequented and he was helping the needy and the hurting mm-hmm. and the sick, that's something we should be interested in doing too. And yeah. we can still take time to encourage people through a phone call, yes,
2: phone calls,
0: a card, phones. anything like that that we're saying, hey, do you need help? Just letting someone know they need prayer, you know? Exactly. Uh, What would you think about uh, Jesus always being around his disciples? What can we learn from that?
1: I think we can find the presence of Jesus among his disciples because he himself said it, you know. Uh, For example, when we read the Gospel of Luke, I think the literary Mm -hmm. structure of the Gospel is very clever. Uh, The core of the Gospel, like many uh, chapters, is the journey of Jesus coming from uh, Galilee to Jerusalem, like to be crucified. And in that long journey, you know, he teaches to some people and he encounters many kinds of people, but mainly he's teaching his disciples. And mainly he's walking to Jerusalem accompanied by his disciples. So like clearly there is a special connection between Jesus and his disciples that maybe the multitudes didn't have. And uh, so, if we really establish uh, relationships with um, Jesus' disciples, then we can access to a intimacy with the Lord mm-hmm. that we might not find if we just stay with um, like people from the world. You know, mm-hmm. of course, it's good to have all kind of friends, either inside or outside the church, but we definitely need to build our main circle with disciples, Mm -hmm. because they have our faith. You know, we share the same hope, the same love, the same uh, faith. So in our meetings as disciples, we can actually access to the presence of Jesus right there. So you think
0: when we're gathered together in the church or as a congregation, uh, we come together with other believers and we fellowship with one another, Mm -hmm. that helps us encounter Jesus even more and, and seek his face more so that we may become our theme, rooted and grounded in Him and building our faith. Yeah, exactly. I think even like when we're coming together and we're singing together and pra- praises to the Lord and we're hearing the preacher and the Word, mm-hmm. we're there together connecting because, like you said, we all have the same hope. We have the same belief in God's Word. Yes. And then that's the foundation there. And then we can feed off one another. Not Now, if you have a friend in the world, sometimes they can influence you to do wrong. But if, mm-hmm. if your friends are believers... So you're going to feed off one another to do what is right. If, if you're yes. doing it properly, you're going to mm-hmm. encourage one another to do what's good. And you're going to correct e- each other. If you know one's doing going astray, yes. doing something wrong, you're going to lovingly
1: help them along the way. I completely agree with that. Like, this might sound very radical, but we actually need to consider the members of the church as our family mm-hmm. in the most literal way possible. It's not something we we do just for kindness. We don't call each other brother for kindness or for tradition. We we call each other like that because God has actually created us in a new way to form a real family. And then Jesus says in Mark chapter um, 3, His mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, Look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. He replied to them, Who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those sitting in a circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus didn't say this just to make feel good the multitude that he was teaching Mm -hmm. to. He said this in a real way. So, like when I talk about accessing Jesus' presence through His disciples, I'm going way beyond that Sunday service. I'm talking about us having to really build relationships, like daily relationships, with the members of the church. Of course, we cannot be close to everyone. If it's a big church, like it's impossible. But we need to find brothers and sisters we can really form a community with that looks like a family. Mm-hmm. You know, a family help each other spiritually, but also economically, and also socially, a real family goes beyond the spiritual support, which is very important, but we also, if it's necessary, we spend time with the others, we visit each other, we help each other in all the matters we're able to. Like I was thinking
0: if someone calls someone's actual brother, but they never spend any time together, they never speak to them, they never talk to them, and they just see one one day a week, they say hello and walk away. Mm-hmm. They don't seem like family too much. Yeah, but real family, like you said, is, is connected to one another. They're helping each other. They're they're there when they're needed. Yes, and they're just they enjoy one another's fellowship. It's not just like a chore or a problem to be with your brother, or your sister. Yeah. Uh, same thing in a church. Like you said, we call each other brother and sister, and it's not just to be kind. It's mm-hmm. something that's a biblical teaching that we're all. So he considered a family as one yeah. uh, before God, and no matter who you are economically or no matter what your race is, we're in Christ. We're all connected as one.
1: Connected, yeah. I wanted to say just to finish with this point, like in mm-hmm. my in my side, that this is very hard, and especially in this season of of COVID, mm-hmm. there is so much we could do to each other to diminish the uh, hard season. If we really call each other, if we encourage it, like the rates of anxiety and depression is super high, and that's due to isolation. But we can actually uh, battle that using all the virtual means we have to keep behaving as a family. So maybe we could experience the love of Jesus if by just playing the role we're supposed to play, being a family.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I was thinking about depression and... Um the rate of suicide that uh, I was thinking about when Paul and Silas were in prison in the book of Acts and the Philippian jailer, after they were released from prison that God caused the earthquake and the the jailer was there, was going to kill himself. Mm -hmm. And just at that moment, Paul had the right words, don't do yourself any harm. And he was able to deliver the gospel to him right then and there. And it made me think sometimes if we're in a right relationship with the Lord, We'll be able to see someone in need, see someone that's hurting, depressed, in pain, and we'll be able to have the right words to give to them at that moment as we're depending on God. But if we're out of our walk with God like we should be, we're not walking with Him, Mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to connect with Him when we see someone in need and have the right words. But whenever we're in a good relationship with Him like Paul was, he -hmm. had the right words for people that were hurting. Uh, Lastly, I know you had mentioned... Uh, about productivity, being purposeful, and uh, how we are productive. What, yes. What are what, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, we live in a culture that wants to always keep us um, busy. And uh, the culture of the state, especially, is a culture that highly values our productivity, having always a to-do list, always doing something, be productive, be productive, and be productive. But I consider there, there are two kinds of uh, la productivity, what I call a purposeless and purposeful uh, productivity. Because I can do, or I can have my life full of to-do lists and still be completely purposeless in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I might stay the whole day busy, and yet I didn't really uh, act like a productive person. Um, there is a verse that I've thought about often, so John, the Gospel of John, chapter five, verse seventeen, says, "My Father is still working, and I'm working also." So Jesus says that His Father is always working; He's always doing things in order to save His world and, like, save save us. So, therefore, we should always do things, but not random things. Not, not like not just fill our list with. Um, Activities that might not be connected with Jesus and God's desire to bring salvation. But we need to find a way to be productive, but in the same way, God is productive. You know, doing things with purpose, doing things to reach those who need to be reached, doing things to uh, serve my, my, my community. I think that's a very important point because often we don't know how to be productive in a way that pleases the Lord.
0: It would almost seem like to me, if we're keeping a kingdom mind, realizing what we're here on earth for, that we were created in God's image for His glory, and what our purpose as a people, as as part of God's creation, if we realize our purpose, then that should flow over into how our productivity is, that we're not just working for something that's meaningless. Like Mm -hmm. I know, if you look at Ecclesiastes, it pretty much tells you that a lot of things that we do in life is in vain. It's worthless. But if if we're looking to the Lord and we're realizing our purpose in life is to bring glory to God, yes. our purpose in life is to serve others. And in doing so, we're bringing glory to God. Mm-hmm. And then also that we're having that, as we talked about earlier, we're having that desert place experience where we're getting isolated, we're getting alone with God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're including all those things in our daily life. I think that our productivity, our work uh, can be used for God's glory. And we can see Jesus in doing that. But if, yes. if all we're doing is just working to work and just going about our life with no real meaning and not realizing a kingdom minded that we're working for the kingdom of God. Yes. Life's going to seem meaningless. And, and our daily yeah. habits of going to work and our daily routine is going to seem like a waste to me. Yeah,
1: You know, many people are concerned to realize or to find out what's God's will for my life. And many people think that God's will, it's a matter of a specific career, a specific person to marry a specific place to live in, but maybe we should be less concerned with what house should I choose, like what house is God's will for me, and we should be more concerned with how can I serve the person that is right next to me right now.
0: Yeah, it seems like to me if, if we would get just the basics in line in our lives, the basic things God teaches us in His Word, we would flow right into His will. And we wouldn't be constantly yeah. saying, "Well, what's God's will for this? What's God's will for that relationship? What's God's will for where I should go, where I should live?" Mm-hmm. Instead, it would be, it would come naturally, naturally, yeah, because we're already in following the basics of God's word. We're mm-hmm. serving others. We're serving God. Exactly. We're doing as we should. We're living our lives for His glory. And although we're going to fail sometimes, we're going to stumble sometimes. No mm-hmm. one is perfect, mm-hmm. but our ultimate goal is to bring glory to God. And uh, it seems like we should just flow right into that naturally, as I said.
1: Do you have any closing thoughts on this uh, finding Jesus? Well, we share four main points. We talk about finding Jesus, uh, learning how to deal with ourselves, uh, away from distractions. The question is, do we really want to do that? Like, do we really want to disconnect from er like everything and just be by ourselves? Then we talked about finding Jesus, serving the broken. So, okay, that's an answer, but now the question is, do we really want to access or walk that path that might lead us to to Jesus? Then we talk about finding Jesus among his disciples, like building a real family church in the daily life. So, like, there you have the answer. Now the question is, do you really want to find Jesus? Is This is a possible path. And finally, we talk about making of our daily life God's will, like serving him in the daily life. And... Trust in Him, the big choices of life. And that's the answer. And now the question is, do we really want to use that path? So sometimes people, they seem like they don't know how to access Jesus, but actually they're not willing to pay the price to get out of the comfort zone in order to find Jesus.
0: Basically, to sum it up, we can find Jesus, we can have access to Him, and we can experience Him in our lives. But do we really think it's worth it? And I, and yeah. I believe it's worth it. I'm sure you do you, too. Course, yeah. But if you think about that isolation, that time of serving others, that time mm-hmm. of following God's will, it's yeah. not always easy, but I mm-hmm. think it is worth it. Completely. But people have to look at the balance and say, yeah. what matters most in their life right now? And, and what do they want to make of their lives yeah. uh, for the future? But uh, we appreciate you being on with us today Thank and you so much. Join, jumping in on the discussion. And for those listening, we do appreciate you tuning into uh, our podcast, Rooted to 7, and we hope that your lives will become more rooted and in the faith and more rooted in Christ so that you build your life upon Him. And uh, be sure to tune in each week. Uh, we'll be uploading a new uh, podcast, and if you have any uh, questions or some, a topic you would like us to discuss, you can go to our Facebook page and, and write a comment under the post, and uh, we'll be sure to... Uh, try to answer some of those questions, and uh, we do hope that you'll come back next week, and uh, we may have different guests with us, or it might just be me, and um, as we look more to God's Word, as we try to grow in the faith and become more established uh, in the difficult days that we are living in, we want to be biblical Christians, and we want to be growing in the Lord. So we hope that you're blessed by today's podcast, and uh, thank you again, Sebastian, for joining
1: us. Yeah, my honor.